0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to another video podcast with me, my TC, and a professional looking Peter Barnes with glasses. What's happening there? <laughs> oh, sorry, no, I, because I have a real
1: job, in my eye. I've actually it's, had to do some work today, so I, this is I, me I, in like professional mode. <laughs> I, th- I thought th- I
0: thought this is your war look, like an earlier Yeah, yeah, this is, this is
1: my mean business for going to war.
0: <laughs> you're you're the people that Julian Assange hates. you know like proper <laughs> elitist establishment types. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I'm the people that many people hate.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, let's talk about war. So, what's going on with them? there's as you mentioned there's a bit of a vote in Parliament right now with more sanctions, right?
1: Yes. So as it's happening right now, there is another debate about a new round of sanctions going through. Uh, Liz Truss is leading the debate um because it's coming from the Foreign Office. So she's the one at the dispatch box. Uh, from the bits I've seen, I don't expect them not to pass. Like this is the thing um a lot of the politics right now that's happening in westminster is incredibly predictable because nobody's going to be coming out against it apart from the 12 lunatics it. in the labor party <laughs> um who i think uh Starmer should have remove the whip from straight away none of this you've got to retract nonsense um but yeah so the minute we've got the new round of sanctions we've we had quite a lot of sanctions go through last week that's one of the reasons that i wasn't around very much yeah because <laughs> i had my nose deep in and um in all the in all the paperwork and everything deep, for deep it. But,
0: yep.
1: <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, but yeah, it's um, it's quite interesting. Westminster at in the minute. There is a lot of tension in SW1. Um, a lot of everything else seems to be relatively on hold for the minute.
0: Yeah, uh, including like the London too. <laughs> 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 yeah,
1: that's true. Oh well, God, my lord. I I I I try not to insult voters, but who voted for Sadiq Khan? <laughs> who voted for Sadiq Khan?
0: <laughs> um, you mentioned uh, you mentioned Liz Truss. Um, it's it's fascinating. My view is, uh, on the one hand, you might say, one might say, oh yeah, obviously those, those comments were reckless, saying, oh we're gonna, uh, everyone could could be free to go to Ukraine to fight. On the other hand, I'm thinking. Is she that scary and intimidating to Putin for, them, for him to be like, he's making her famous. by keep mentioning yeah, like, like it. It is interesting, <laughs> isn't it? Because I know we've spoken on this channel before
1: many times about how she's trying to be Margaret Thatcher. Vladimir Putin has just made her to out to be more Margaret Thatcher than anything <laughs> she's been trying for the last five years. I know. Like, any more than photo ops or anything. He's like, by saying that she's responsible for inputting the nuclear uh, forces on special alert or whatever. What a power not, she has. Like, <laughs> yeah i know yeah i'm just like that is quite a lot of power for a foreign <laughs> british foreign secretary <laughs> yeah one that most people in this country think is incredibly incompetent
0: About <laughs> the the contenders richard Sineck, and all the other like upset and angry saying what the hell she we know her she's a nobody but she's now becoming the next iron lady for no reason <laughs> i know yeah
1: i entrust as was, i was, uh, was trending on twitter for a little while uh the other day i think i rather liked that but an i entrust just sounds painful i don't i don't know what it is but in my head it just sounds incredibly painful <laughs>
0: sounds like something from 50 shades of gray but um it
1: does doesn't it that's exactly where my brain went and i think that says a lot
0: about us <laughs> um there is this thing uh, right now um, when it comes to the propaganda side of the war. And if, if people think it's new. It, it, this used to be a thing even during the World War I, World War Two. Obviously, we didn't have internet back then. So, like, access to information was limited. But it's absolutely normal, right, for propaganda for, to happen from both sides. So, you got Ukrainian sides. Yeah, uh, spreading sometimes you know spinning the news or fake news or the U- russian side obviously very good at it although on the other hand and um, i feel like the russian side have been weakened and um, i expected the game to be better with pr but uh the, the ukrainian president has been very very on on good form with the propaganda and uh, what i was going to ask you is um h- how do you basically calm people down because you got one side uh, saying the propaganda from that side Ah, I'm going to say that's fake news, but they believe whatever this side this side says and vice versa. They're the ones who are like anti Russia saying anything from Russia is fake news and anything from Ukraine is true. And um, so how does that work?
1: <laughs> yeah, no, um, it's a really good question that actually, because I have to admit, I've picked up on it as well. And as a lot of other people who do something similar to what I do for a living, have <laughs> all commented on it. It is interesting how people only think fake news is going in one direction. Yeah. Um, let's let's be brutally honest. The Ukraine, the Ukrainian people have been absolutely brilliant at marshalling yeah. uh social media. Zelensky, I, I mean, is just brilliant at it. Yeah. I mean, he's managed to get Elon Musk to get the Starlink satellite program up and running in like yeah days after one tweet. I mean, that is an that's an incredible thing, and I'm sure it will be studied about how this might be one of the first major conflicts where social media has played a major role in it. But going back to what you're saying, I don't really know the answer to your question. Mm. The only thing I can suggest to people is to just read everything and then try to find the similarities in certain stories and try to find the links there. Um, I'm very, obviously we have to be careful of Russian disinformation, but you are right that <laughs> propaganda flows in both directions. Um, so there has been a few stories that have come out about Ukrainian forces that have turned out not to be true. Yeah. So we just have to just take a breath. Every time you read something, Yeah. stop, think,
0: give <laughs> it another read, I, I don't and share. then think,
1: does this seem <laughs> to be true? I like, think- check, is the story being reported in other places? I think this is a one time we're actually going to see establishment media come back to the fight. Well, yeah, I think I... a lot of them. I have to admit, have behaved incredibly well. I think the reporting from some of the BBC, I think, has actually been really good. But they've always been good at this. This is
0: yeah. this is the one thing we have yeah. to remember. The, the they've always been good when yeah. it comes
1: to international conflict um, well, yeah. and having reporters on the ground and stuff. I think this is why um, the
0: the mainstream media. Uh, some people said uh, over the last few days, uh, we're not hearing, we're not getting much from the ground in terms of like BBC, Sky, and all the others. Yeah, and I, I think that's the good point because they don't want to just spread anything that they could find. Uh, so we, we are getting limited information from your BBCs and Skies on the yeah. ground, uh, but because they want to make sure that they remain professional. And I think one of the other things is um, some people would say, well, we are only hearing the pro-NATO propaganda. Uh, there's no evidence of like r- Russia misinformation. My thinking is, uh, one, is because the pro- pro-NATO Side and they are basically blocking that, and they they're basically winning the propaganda side as you say, Zelensky and the others. Two, I think the target audience for the Russian side right now is actually Russia. So Putin yeah. side, they are doing the misinformation for their own people for once, because to to keep them basically on their side. I
1: think I think you're absolutely spot on there. Mm. Um, I don't I don't like giving you compliments. You know how I feel about that, <laughs> but I think you're absolutely right. I think the, there's been a bigger backlash in Russia about this. Um, yeah. Entire invasion and war than I think Putin was and his cronies were expecting. So I think he's now got to get his own people on side, and then try to win the international fight. I think Putin doesn't mind being the bad guy on the international stage at yeah. the moment, um, I, as we're seeing with this forty-mile convoy that's, uh, that's attacking Kiev at the minute. You know, um, at the minute, I don't think he, he minds a lot of what's being said about yeah. him. So I think he's got to get his own people on side, and 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 thanks to the sanctions and the work of uh, countries like the, the UK, even the EU and the US, mm. like, about squeezing the financial capabilities of Russia, have been very effective. You know, they had um, they had a guy uh, I was being interviewed on talk radio this, I think it was just this morning, and he was saying that there was no food in the shops. You know, and once that starts to hit, yeah, the normal average citizen in Russia, that is how you destabilize. That is how you actually force real change on the international level.
0: Mm. So I
1: think that is kind of working. But I think a lot of this is just we we just don't know what's gonna happen. You know, we're we're not privy to all the information. Like we know we can comment on everything and but we're always commenting after the fact. Yeah. So I try not to make predictions. I'm trying not to get ahead of myself on a lot of this stuff because realistically we don't know. And I think that is when going back to what you're saying about propaganda and stuff. I think that's one thing you always have to remember is anybody who's claiming to know what's going to happen yeah. doesn't know. Yeah, that's true. Nobody really knows what's going to happen because it, everything is changing so quickly and so rapidly. And yeah, we can make certain predictions based yeah. on the information we have right now, but they're not concrete facts. It, and anybody who's presenting an opinion as a fact on anything at the minute, I just would tend to take everything they say with about a mountain of salt.
0: It makes me think um, when it comes to like wars and international conflicts the the age of pre-internet uh the, the days of world war ii like cold war were better for for dealing with information because you know yeah you might you might have to wait for like day or two to find out what happened in berlin but actually that was more accurate than <laughs> right now it's so like within the seconds and, and you find out so it, it's too much information overload but overall i think one of the main issues that we're currently facing is the debate around uh the no-fly zone and i think to be fair as you also kind of basically pointed out When it comes to foreign policy and uh, just international affairs, which is not really an ideological matter, it's not policy-based, it's basically an old-school capeman human tribal thing. It's basically like a gangster thing. Um, People should not have really ideologies and everything should be case by case. And we can't really tell anything fully because the intelligence community from both sides, the Russian government and the NATOs, they have more information than us anyway. Uh, So we can't sit here and be like, you should do this, you should do that. But this debate has now become big. Everyone's an expert when it comes to no fly zone, uh, so everyone like some people say you should do it, you shouldn't do it. And but on the surface, we can tell on the surface that doing it will obviously trigger chaos. Uh, even though morally, you could say, well, yeah, that that should be the go to support, right? Uh, so. What, what do you think is going to happen with this whole debate? I mean, is this just going to remain a bluff? Because I don't think it should, it's going to happen. Because if it happens, it will be actual World War Three, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, so th- this is the thing. Um, I think I actually tweeted this just today, actually, about the no-fly zone, saying that logically, it makes sense for uh, the UK and NATO forces not to put one in place. Yeah, humanitarian because the, once you put a no-fly zone in place, you then have to actually enforce the no-fly zone. And that usually includes shooting things down. Yeah. And once you do that, you are then... In the fight, yeah. In the minute, we're on the we're on Proxy. the sidelines. Yeah, we're present but not involved. <laughs> really, um, we're doing we're doing everything but. Uh, as the famous sketch in the um, in, I think it's in Yes, Prime Minister, where he goes, "We're doing everything but offering support." Um, and that's kind of where we are. And I do get the moral argument. I completely get it. I've I've like I'm <clears throat> kind of conflicted on this one myself. I'm just like I understand why we're not doing it because, like you said. We will drag us in. We'll just make more of a mess. But then on the other hand, you're like, these people need our help, you know, (laughs) and and it it is really hard in international politics to kind of have these kind of set in stone principles because you kind of have to remember that everything is interconnected. And more importantly, you have to remember that this war isn't going to go on forever. You have to start to think, well, what happens afterward? And we have to start to remember, and this is the thing with the sanctions and with no-fly zone and even boots on the ground from NATO. Reg- regime changing Russia, I think at this point, is going to be an inevitability.
0: Yeah, it just depends Do we really want to be the aggressor? Yeah, exactly. I think there are ways for it to happen anyway without us directly intervening like traditional ways, yeah and that goes back to basically it's up to the russian people overall because uh and oligarchs of to unfortunately have a role because if if they get rid of putin and they're just replacing him with another mental person <laughs> that's going to be yeah. a different problem anyway um but i was going to ask you about the main other kind of point is i, I know we don't really have an answer fully because we have to wait but yesterday they started negotiations and uh yes they last night didn't they finished? they didn't get anywhere but i think they're going to continue right because we haven't really received any outcome they said we walked away both sides um but they didn't really say oh it's never going to happen again uh, i think they're going to come back and sit down today or tomorrow right so well, i don't know what's yeah. going on.
1: so basically what will happen now is what they call back channeling so they'll do everything but formal talks. yeah so that is it'll be like my people will talk to your people. It's 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 that kind of situation that's now gonna happen. And that is generally what happens in every major conflict, re- realistically, and um really probably since Vietnam, I imagine. Um, you know, it's, it, they can't be seen to be talking to each other, but they will be in some way or another. Yeah. And what's really important is to keep that dialogue open. The minute that dialogue shuts down, that's when you start buying canned goods. And you know you start digging holes in the ground.
0: <laughs> like that's
1: that's when you start to worry. When back channels shut down, yeah, it's going to be quite concerning. What I found most interesting was um, Israel offered uh, to be the host nation for the um, yeah. for peace talks.
0: Yeah. Um.
1: So it's interesting that now this is starting to branch outside of of Europe. Um. I don't know how likely it yeah. is to happen, but it will be. Interesting. You know. Um. We, maybe, maybe waiting. Maybe. I'm keeping my eye on China. Yeah. China, I think, at the moment, are the the only power to stop this because yeah, NATO all can't all back like down. Russia <laughs> doesn't want to back down. No, exactly. But the one thing the Chinese don't like is instability. And if you look at the financial markets at the moment, they are all over the place. That's what I mean. And I think this is when Xi Jinping is going to start saying to to Putin pack it in <laughs> it, it is, <laughs> it's because... now going to starting to mess with chinese expansion it's now starting to mess with their plans exactly and i think once that starts to get too much for them that's when you'll suddenly see them start to i mean they already said they should negotiate they, they've been yeah. very quiet on all of this already yeah also importantly if you look at nations like turkey who have, al- have always sided more with russia than yeah with uh, with europe even they're saying like this is These... too far <laughs> um i think so on this stuff i think you are right having principles and having ideologies on this stuff doesn't really work it is very case by case and we do have to just take every single day as it comes and uh i just hope that there are a lot of smart people um trying to de-escalate this
0: Uh, that's that's where i have no faith um, on both sides yeah i know
1: it's interesting you make this point about the oligarchs yeah now every oligarchs have, have amassed huge amounts of wealth but with that wealth came privilege and connection Mm. thanks to the sanctions that privilege and connection is gone Mm. they are now persona non grata they can't holiday anywhere they can't fly anywhere they can't enter any nation they are going to be watched Uh, their entire financial situation is going to be watched like a hawk Mm. and i think it's at this point a lot of them quite very quietly will start to say wait a minute Mm. this seems to have gone against us here Is it time we get rid of this guy?
0: Sort of like people like Abramovich and Chelsea. Yeah, he, yeah. He's, he's, so
1: it is, he's, but, he's but it's but it's not just like, Abramovich is quite a very public oligarch. There are
0: yeah. Others, hundreds
1: yeah. of them that we you know most people don't even know about. Um I, I apologize, I can't remember his name, but the um the opposition politician who's in prison in Russia. Yeah, yeah I, I forgot I was, his name,
0: yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah, something like that. <clears throat> um he wrote this list of 35 people. Um, who there should be sanctions against, and that's just thirty-five of them. And Don't get me wrong; the British haven't gone after them as nearly as I would like. But um, and I think this is the point that there's a lot of people that we don't really know of in private, and they yep. would operate behind uh, curtains and all the rest of it. Who will start to say, "Wait a minute, we can't do anything anymore. Where, where trapped? Where the prisoners?" Yeah. And I think they all suddenly start to say it's about time this guy went and I think mm. that seems to Devil be NATO's long term plan here yep. to force him to force Putin out because they know that they can't put boots on the ground. No. They know that they can't escalate this to a full scale war in the middle of Europe. They they know they can't do that. So I think this is their plan and at the moment it seems to be working. Uh the ruble is worth nothing. No, yep. uh, they've had a run on the central bank the stock they've market shut still down yeah. <laughs> You know, they froze um, the shutdown of the SWIFT network, despite the Germans holding out, which I'm sure we'll get back to at some point, um, and the EU kind of saying... Oh, yeah, we finally got in the fight about two weeks too late. And they're taking um, the
0: credit for it. Like, it was Boris forcing Oh, you. I
1: know. Ursula <laughs> on der Leyen did a speech. I think it was this, this morning. And she's saying how Europe acted at the speed of light. And I was what? like... What light? You didn't even <laughs> act at the speed of sound, let alone the speed of light.
0: <laughs> That's meant... I
1: know, it was it was laughable. I, I, I get they have to save face. Yeah. But I actually think they would get more respect if they said, look, we had a problem. <laughs> and we tried to fix it. But um i think this is the big thing now and we're looking at how nato plan to move forward or nato nations anyway
0: yeah.
1: is sanctions and economic and the economic yeah. squeeze with the
0: with the next thing um obviously we'll cover in the next video in the next few days uh, we we'll have to wait for the the next upcoming opinion polls to come out but we we can't predict what's going to happen boris is coming up again uh, and then this could be this could actually be saving his job but without covering that i'm going to ask you one last thing about um it's just media and kind of the debate in the West. Um, It's kind of putting aside the, the 12 crazies in the Labour Party and those sort of types and the, you know, the PS Corbyn types. Um, There is this issue with, uh, I think the centre ground and the, the sensible side need to kind of be slightly more welcoming and friendly towards having discussions because uh, the moment someone comes out and criticise uh, NATO, just overall NATO, which we should be criticising, you can't just completely worship something like that. Um, yeah. then they say, well, you're, you're not pro-Putin. And that is, they're creating a more of a divide. So then the, those yeah. people get angry and they unintentionally become pro-Putin just to basically piss off the other side. And I'm like, it, it will help if we just have a bit of a debate. Just let people talk. Yeah, not necessarily people like Diane Abbott. Yeah, I mean, they, they don't know what they're talking about anyway. They just come out and always attack NATO for the sake of it. But if, if, if we kind of have a proper debate, you will actually um, unite people slightly more. Because right now, anyone who criticizes NATO which you know, I, I still do, you know, you would do in terms of like historically some of the mistakes. They mm. say, well, that means you're pro-Putin. Like, what? how does that go?
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, we seem to live in a world now where if you're critical of something, you then so you're then logically therefore have to be pro whatever you're being critical against. I, was like, I mean, like that doesn't make sense. Unfortunately, there's no nuance in the world anymore. And I fully understand people where they're saying, this isn't the time for that debate. Yes, yeah. Like that, I, I have a little bit of sympathy for that debate but uh, the speed to which the world moves now, if we don't have the debate now, we're probably never going to have the exactly. debate because once this crisis has ended, it's going to be the next thing and then it'll be the next thing. And then it'll be the next thing. Yep. The world it, it, everything's in chaos at the minute. Oh, well it perceived chaos anyway. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I think this is the, this, I think you're perfectly right. You know, if you ignore the people that are, out there, the lunatics, if you ignore those people, I think you are right. There's a lot of people that need to be a little bit more welcoming to critical NATO arguments. Arguments critical of NATO, sorry. And I think uh, not necessarily to be pro-Putin, but to kind of at least appreciate... Nuance. Nuance nuance and not kind of understand where he's coming from, but then also to be (laughs) equally as critical of Putin as you are of NATO. Exactly. Unfortunately, our media doesn't allow that. But it's not just our media, it's our just general discourse just doesn't allow on any issue. Just people.
0: Yeah, because otherwise they they unintentionally accidentally put everybody in the same category of the crazies. And Not everybody is a crazy. And I think also it's the responsibility of the people who are trying to be critical uh, as well. Uh, For example, uh, on GB News, Neil Oliver has got a lot of attacks uh, because, again, Mm -hmm. the tone matters. He he didn't really help himself because, uh, of course, his supporters would say, Oh, but he didn't say anything bad. You know, you just listen to him. Uh, so they might say, oh, it's just the same people that Maya talks about. Like, listen to him. Like, sure. Yeah. But the people who are also being critical, like Neil Oliver, also have to take responsibility for their own tone and their, their language yeah. as well. Because I know what he was trying to basically be saying, but of course, because he's not a pro. I mean, I know he's been doing podcasts and stuff like a long time. He knows how to speak, of course. But yeah, uh, he basically gave a, a massive um, ammunition to... The opposite side, let's just say the pro-NATO side, whatever yeah. that side is, to basically easily, it's like an own, um, open goal, uh, to kind of uh, attack him. And he, he didn't really help uh, with the whole yeah. uh, with GB News credibility, did it?
1: No, I so I, <laughs> I know exactly the, um, the thing you're on about, because I saw it last night, and I have to admit, I was very disappointed to hear it. Um, mm. Because like you said, Neil Oliver, he's got experience. And mm. it's not just Neil. It's, it's other people in the media. Yeah. They know the, the power of language. They know specific words to use and everything. They're not idiots. Yeah. You know, and as there's only so long you can keep saying, oh, I know what he meant to say. Yeah. Until you then have to say. Grown up said that. <laughs>
0: yeah, Exactly. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And now he's entitled <clears throat> to his opinion. He's entitled to say what he wants. But my problem with Neil and people like that is a lot of it is completely. There's no evidence to back up a lot of what they say. And I, and at the time where you know we keep we talk about propaganda and disinformation, mm. we have to be very careful. yeah, like, and, and those in the mainstream have to be even more careful. And I, I have to admit, I was disappointed in it, and i I didn't expect GB News actually to kind of come out and say, "Whoa, whoa, whoa." that's that's what neil thinks that's not yeah. the view of the net i was expecting a clarifying statement i haven't seen some one, of the presenters have I'd done individually not...
0: Alastair stewart and a couple of them individually have done it but not the, the yeah
1: I, I think i saw that actually i think darren grimes and a, um, yeah. a couple have said well we don't agree yeah with, well, with neil here. also to, and I, I thought that was admirable actually but to be fair
0: i mean i'm i'm, I'm still very much pro the existence of gb news is a very good kind of shape yeah, yeah. Mainstream, but i have a problem with some of the presenters who say they're literally on TV, Ofcom, GB News, and then they say, talk about mainstream media as if they're not mainstream. You're mainstream media yourself. Stop yeah. pretending you're not mainstream media. Yeah, <laughs> we I, can I sit guess, here so talk this, about it.
1: This is the problem. It's <laughs> uh, the problem of everybody who suddenly breaks it into the mainstream doesn't realize that they're now you're, part you're of the mainstream. mainstream. <laughs> <laughs> you
0: are establishment.
1: <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it is. It is um, very funny. Yeah, the, you are right on that, and it is very annoying.
0: <laughs> but to to end this, if people who've been watching this, been patient, uh, just to clarify um at least my position criticize nato criticize putin um, agree well believe and agree that propaganda comes from both sides at the same time when you support ukraine i'm supporting the people of ukraine not necessarily the governments or the corruption yeah. of the government i don't care about the ukrainian co- government in that sense and also just generally speaking everyone's being stupid so <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: no, 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 I, I think you're right there um Uh, For me, it's always been, I support the the people on the ground, making sure they're safe and they're protected and we're doing what's right for them. I think people keep, again, I think you really hit the nail on the head here. You've been right so often in this today. (laughs) (laughs) Is this this, this one of the signs of the apocalypse? But (laughs) but it's not necessarily that we're supporting the government of
0: Ukraine.
1: It's we're supporting the idea and the... The principles and the and the morals that we stand for. Yeah. I think that I think that's what a lot of people have come out and said. Because don't get me wrong, Ukraine was not a perfect country, oh, <laughs> you know, by full any of Nazis. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So you know, <laughs> you know, it's it, it's and it's not that yeah. again. It doesn't mean that just because we're pro Ukraine doesn't mean that we're suddenly pro everything that they
0: did. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Again, we have to bring more nuance into our debates. We really do, but at the same time, we then have to also say. There is a line, and I think Putin has not just crossed it. I think he's hop, skipped, and jumped over it. The guy's a sociopathic
0: um, murderer. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, that, that's I think I, uh, I, I went to the um
1: protest. Oh, I went to the protest on um Saturday, uh, outside Downing Street and outside the Russian embassy, and it was interesting. One, the number of Russians that were in attendance, yeah, a lot of Russians were there, and um. It was interesting to see just how the, so many people from Eastern Europe and everyone, it was it was really nice to see. But they all kept saying, we don't necessarily support no. our own government there. It's just we want to protect our homeland and our people.
0: People, people like you go to these protests. You're the ones who we call the uh, feds. You're the feds. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I have to admit, I did feel very out of place. It was the first protest I've ever been to to actually... kind of stand for something because usually when we've been it's like to laugh at the remainers (laughs) it's very strange like you know i've been involved in politics for a long time now and this was the very first protest i've actually ever been
0: to Um, but yeah, to, yeah, anyway, to kind of to end this, uh, the, the final thing is a lot of people have been saying, why are they protesting outside the Street? It's not protest, it's demonstration. Uh, yes. When it comes to the okay, West, yes. it,
1: it's, it's yeah, a protest. Yeah, protest is part. probably the wrong word. I think yeah. rally. I think a lot of people there were calling it it's a just, rally. Yeah, it's, it's, because it's I was simple. surprised there was a lot of support for the British government. There was a lot of support for Boris. They're right, all like, uh, they're all, fans. Like, they're all fans. There was some chants <laughs> and everything saying, like, like thank yeah. you, Boris. There was this, a woman with a sign saying, thank you, Boris, and everything. Yeah. Um, you know, so it's not. I, I think protest is is yeah. the wrong word to use yeah. for sure.
0: Yeah. Um, it's all. I know. For, it's, it's funny. We've fun. just said the power of individual words. <laughs> I just
1: tripped up over my own. But, uh, um, but no. Is. I. Um, yeah. I, and can say why Downing Street. It's a very visible place. Yeah. Yeah. So the one thing, yeah, when you organize these kind of protests and stuff, <clears> you need in, intense visibility yeah and you know that many people outside of danish street you're going to get the world's attention you, you just are um it's very effective and it, and, it, and it did work i have to admit i mean okay. it was pretty wall-to-wall coverage on sunday of the protests around the world uh but um yeah i know i know a lot of people on, on social media were like why are they protesting outside danish street you know the british government are getting involved and it's like they're not protesting it's, it's just they're, they're yeah. rallying the demonstrating exactly. and they but, need they need the visuals
0: we will, uh, in the next few days, we're going to get more updates uh, from uh, Kiev and other places. We'll see what's going to happen. So we're going to have a Peter again, probably towards the end of the week again. So yeah, we're going to see yeah. it twice this week. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> thanks again, everybody. Thanks for all the support. Keep the emails coming in. My TC with Peter Barnes. We'll see you guys in the next video podcast.